from the twisted mind of author Eve S. Evans. Prepare yourself for a sleepless night after listening to sinister true tales of paranormal. A truly haunted podcast brings you a new chilling episode weekly. Available on all major podcasting networks. Forever Haunted Podcast. Coming at you straight from the supernatural vortex. Vortex. Discussing haunted locations, ghosts, poltergeists, cryptids, and all unexplained phenomena. Here's your hosts, Eve S. Evans, James Currow. Welcome to another episode of the Forever Haunted Podcast. I'm James Kiro. And I am Eva S. Evans. Welcome to our new segment of Ghost Stories. Sit back and relax and enjoy, because Ghost Stories are up next. When I was younger, my cousin Nat, my Aunt Jules, and I loved to spend the sweltering summers outdoors. We didn't have central AC, so the cool breeze was a lifesaver. One particularly sticky afternoon, we went for a walk down the holler. Well, me being the curious little kid I was, I hurried down over the hill and across the road, leaving the others in my dust. I got a little way downhill, and from the other side of the holler, I heard a voice yell, Savannah, come here, she said. It sounded like Nat, but her voice was panicked. I remember being surprised. How had she beaten me down the hill? I turned and looked for her. From where I was standing at the base of the hill, everything in the holler should have been visible. Yet, when I looked in the direction of the voice, I didn't see my cousin. It confused me and made me feel a bit uneasy, because it was obvious there were no humans nor animals that I could see there. I walked down a little further to where her voice last came from, and again I heard that disembodied voice. It sounded even more panicked, and maybe even a little angry this time. Hurry up, come on, it said, now a little closer than it was before. That's when I felt goosebumps pop up all over my arms and legs, despite the mid-July heat. I knew something was up. Nat couldn't have been calling me. She wasn't there. No one was there. I staggered back, nervous as hell, and suddenly my senses were smacked with the smell of something strange pennies. I got scared and yelled for my aunt. She and Nat both walked over to the side of the road looking down at me with confusion. It was plain to see that I was scared and upset. I told my aunt and cousin to stop playing games with me, but they both swore up and down it wasn't either of them. And how could it be? They had been behind me the entire time, and the voice was coming from further down the hill, beyond the spindly trees that dotted the holler. And how could they have made the breeze smell like pennies? There was just no way. Of course, they looked too, and saw no one or nothing, 
The voice just seemed to be coming from the air in front of me. It was strange, to say the least, and we decided to turn back. I didn't go back to that hauler for a long time. The next day or two, I was out on the front porch playing by myself as they sat in the house, fanning themselves. I was working on a jigsaw puzzle when I smelled a familiar scent in the air. Pennies. Before I could react, I caught sight of something in my peripheral vision. I looked over and froze in place when I saw at least fifty baby black snakes crawling over each other, wrapping their skinny little bodies in knots, yet somehow still staying in the same place. It was a horrible sight, yet I can't say why, but something inside me wanted to go over to the snakes. I stood and almost approached them, but at the last second it was like a trance lifted. Realizing what I was doing, I pulled away and ran and got Aunt Jules to come out to see them. As soon as we got out there, the stench and the snakes were gone. Stop wasting my time, she snapped at me, then went back inside. As soon as she went back into the house and I resumed my puzzle, shaking, the snakes came right back. Same spot, and that horrible stench of pennies. I yelled for her to come back, but of course, by then, she chalked it up to my imagination. There was nothing to do but go back inside and slam the door tightly behind me. I stayed there, despite the stuffy heat for at least the next day or two. When I finally got brave enough to go back outside, I planned to keep to the front porch, but I kept feeling like I needed to walk down the road towards the old garage. Again, it was a kind of instinctual call, like a voice in a dream beckoning me down the path, but I was scared of what I would find back there. Still, I decided to face my fears of not leaving the porch and get on with my life. So I leaped defiantly off the porch and marched down to the old garage willing myself to believe nothing was wrong. Well, as soon as I got towards the other side of the garage, I saw a huge buck. Normally, if we were out hunting, it'd be a great thing. In this case, however, it was terrifying. You see, the buck was standing on its hind legs, staring at me with coal-black eyes. I froze in fear, unable to do so much as breathe. Its big black eyes were staring through my soul. It looked so strangely human. Finally, my fight-or-flight mode kicked in and I turned my body to run, keeping my eyes glued to it the entire time. What happened next is something I'll never forget. It haunts me to this day. The buck opened its mouth and spoke in my Aunt Jewel's voice. Come here, Rose, it said with a familiar panic. I ran. I ran as fast and hard as I ever had, faster than I ever thought I could. The entire time, the buck continued screaming in my aunt's voice. Please come back, Rose, it cried out, its voice echoing through the hills and hollers. It was a god-awful scream. By the time I hit the door, I was bawling. I knew Nat and Jules wouldn't believe me. I told them anyway, though, and I think they were almost convinced. I was crying, but I told them my story as serious as a heart attack, and even if they weren't sure of what happened, it was clear that something traumatizing happened to me. I never wanted to go outside after that. It seemed like that thing, whatever it was that called my name in my family members' voices and made the air smell like pennies, kept trying to lure me toward it. It wasn't until years later, when I became a nurse and had to work with injured patients, that I realized something that made the whole ordeal even more terrifying. That smell in the air, the smell that always preceded those strange occurrences, had never been pennies. It was the sickly, metallic smell of blood.
The first time this happened was when I bought a new car. I had my cross hanging from the rearview mirror since I'd like to have it in my sight at all time, even when I was driving. One day, I went out to find the cross on the floor outside the car. It wasn't broken at all, just laying on the side of the driveway as though someone had placed it there. I was the only one who had keys to the car, and I didn't make a habit of leaving it open, so it didn't make much sense as to why it would be there. It couldn't have fallen out when I opened the door either, because the cross was made of heavy metal, and you have to lift the leather string from around the mirror itself. At the time, I figured it must have come loose somehow and ended up on the ground outside the car. But about six months later, I found the leather cord of the cross wrapped around the mirror several times. I hadn't moved it, and it was impossible for something like that to happen while driving. Someone would have had to physically lift the cross and wrap it around the mirror several times for it to be like that. Since something like this had happened before, I started to grow concerned about what might be causing the cross to move like this. At first, I blew it off, thinking the previous owner was a Buddhist and didn't appreciate my Christianity or something like that. I moved about a year after that, and the same thing happened at my new house with the cross being moved without explanation. I considered putting up a camera to catch it on film, but I never got around to it, especially given how random and infrequent it seemed to occur. I began to forget about the incidents until about a year or so later, I was on vacation with my twin sister. We were in her new Porsche, and like me, she had a cross wrapped around the mirror. We stopped for lunch somewhere, and when we came back to the car, her cross had done the exact same thing, wrapping itself around the mirror several times. We were both somewhat taken aback by this, since the car was locked and nobody had tampered with it. But finding no plausible explanation, we were focused to simply dismiss it. It's been about eight months since that happened, and my sister has just recently called me to tell me that it happened again. This time, her car was in a locked garage. At this point, I'm really confused about what's going on. It's happened so many times now that I can't just dismiss it as some kind of coincidence. I am a believer, and my sister is deep into her faith too. Is it some kind of sign? I really don't know. I hope that someone might be able to shed some light on this experience so that I can finally figure out the reason behind it. Thank you for listening to Forever Haunted Podcast with Eve, James, and Ryan. And remember, if you have a ghost story you'd like featured on the show, contact us at foreverhauntedpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on all social media so you don't miss a thing. Eves.EvansAuthor on Instagram and Facebook. Or Forever Haunted Podcast on Instagram and Facebook.